Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We would be honoured if you would join us. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars podcast where we round out the latest news from a galaxy far, far away. Plus we give you some review and discussion and our random spotlight. Welcome to episode 34. Hope you've all had a great week. It's just little old me this week. My uh, cohort, co-host, the ridiculously good-looking Mr. Mark Asquith is not with us this week. He's having a well-earned break, a little holiday. He's worked his nuts off uh, this week and uh, the last few months. For those that don't know, Mark is the founder and CEO of Captivate.fm, part of Rebel Base Media. And they're the guys that we host this very podcast with. Uh, so he's really, him and, uh, and Kieran and the other guys in the team there have worked their asses off to make Captivate an awesome podcast host. So towards the end of the year, he's having a good old holiday before he's back to the grind next week where we'll hopefully be with us, where we can crack on with episode 35. But until then... I'm just going to give you a shorter show, so no discussion and no random spotlight this week, but I am going to tell you what I've been up to and what's been happening in the world of Star Wars, plus some official news and stuff like that. Now, before we get cracking, remember to subscribe to our show on any, whatever podcast uh, app you listen to podcasts on, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, any of those things, just do a search for Spark of Rebellion. Give us a uh, a sub on there so you don't miss a show when that lands every Saturday. And if you could spare a minute for a review and a rating, that would be awesome because that really helps us with our discoverability and all that stuff. And we're also on all of the social media stuff. So Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just do a search for Spark of Rebellion. You'll find us on there. Give us a like and a follow. We chat Star Wars each and every week in between shows. And lastly, if you like what we do here at Spark of Rebellion and you want to support us, then head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion you can jump on board from a dollar upwards there are various tiers there you can bag some swag sor swag a handwritten note for mark and i all the way up to things like executive producer credits and all that stuff so thank you very much to our patrons who have subscribed thus far very much appreciate your support right episode 34 we're going to crack on with just stuff that's been happening that i've been uh, getting on with uh, since i last um, recorded uh, last week. The first one has got to be uh, Jedi Fallen Order, the recently released uh, Star Wars game from Respawn. And I have to say, there was a lot of, I remember uh, months and months ago, probably going back to EA around that time of year, which is around June, July, I think, the hype train was at a decent speed, I would say, at that point. And the, the closing point of EA, I think the general mood and the vibe around the game was, yeah, it, it looks good and it's it, it's got some good elements on it, uh, elements of it, but it feels a bit linear. It feels like a it feels like a clone of Uncharted almost, where you're just going from A to B and you don't really deviate and all that stuff. And then when we got more gameplay 
clips throughout the year and we had reports of people of actually playing the game and so on. We had those reports to say that it's not the game that you're expecting. It's definitely not a linear experience. It's very open world and, and all that stuff. And I have to say, after playing the game now for a for a week since it since it launched, it's every bit as good as what those early reports are saying. I've probably sunk around uh, six, seven hours into the game so far. I haven't played it as much as I'd like to, um, but I have had a couple of cool uh, gaming sessions through it. And I have to say, it's such a great game. I, I, a lot of people are saying it's one of the best Star Wars games ever, which is quite quite a bold statement considering some of the Star Wars games that we've had out previously over the last decade or two. But it is an amazing game. The uh, Respawn have done such a great job in just completely nailing the, the Star Wars experience. It's one of those games where it, it takes you back to the old... It takes you back to the old um, Jedi Outcast, you know, the, the Dark Forces games where it's just great to be playing a game where you're not one of the well-known heroes and one of the, you know, the, from the, the main saga storyline. It feels great to, to be just one of those nobody characters and, 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 uh, and, and knowing, because it's canon, knowing that what you're doing is in influencing the, the storyline somewhat. Or, you know, as a mirror image to that, maybe what's happening is is influencing what you're doing in the story. But essentially, it's just great to go back to that. It feels like very old school, sort of Kyle Katarn, you know, you're not you're not mentioned in the in the main canon, in the main saga films and whatnot, but you are making, you know, some sort of difference and headway within the saga storyline itself. So it feels really good. The combat's amazing, the you know, traversing through the levels is really good. And like I said, Respawn have just really nailed that feel of Star Wars. It doesn't have like something like Battlefront 2, which has been out for a while now, and I play that a lot still. That To me, to me Battlefront 1 felt very Star Wars. Battlefront 2 is, it just, for me, it leans a little bit too far towards the Empire. Like all of the UI and everything throughout the game is all, you know, Death Star interiors and it's very dark side. I can see why they did that because... Everybody kicked off. There was no story campaign in Battlefront 1. And when they did that for the second one, you play as um, like an elite stormtrooper group. Uh, so I can see I can see why they've gone kind of imperial, dark side vibe with it. But it just feels like there's no balance in that. It doesn't... Some of it feels Star Wars. Some of it feels quite uh, kind of generic. But with this one and the soundtrack as well, the soundtrack is so good. I, I did a quick search on Twitter the other day and uh, there's so many tweets for people asking for the soundtrack to be released, uh, either as a physical release or on uh, Spotify, whatever. And it, I would love that because it's such a good score. Uh, one of the composers from the Battlefront series, I think his name's... Um, oh, I, forget, I forget the guy's name. Uh, he and another guy. The other guy's done a lot of Respawn stuff. He scored Titanfall 2 and uh, some other some other st- some other bits for um for respawn and uh it's just amazing it feels really john williams in places you can tell the moments in the game where they've had to um kind of make it feel as star warsy as possible and what better way to make something feel star wars than john williams so but then at other times it doesn't feel like that it feels very fresh and very appropriate and uh, the the narrative is really really good to the comp like i said it's just an amazing game so those of you who have not picked it up yet jedi fallen order go and get that. I'm not sure if we're going to see any deals. We're just literally right around the corner. Um, sorry, uh, Black Friday is right around the corner with Cyber Monday. So we might see a couple of deals for that game. 
So if you've not picked it up yet and you've been umming and ahhing, it's definitely worth a go. It's uh, Yes, I'm probably about to complete the storyline on my next playthrough. And once I've done that, I'm going to go through on the higher difficulty and try and 100% the levels and everything. So, oh yeah, the lightsaber customization is cool. It's not majorly in-depth, but it's still a really cool feature. And uh, yes, it's amazing. Go and pick it up. Uh, next uh, up, I've been catching up with The Mandalorian. I've just watched uh, Chapter 3, a day before yesterday, in fact. And I'm really liking The Mandalorian. That's uh, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to give you too too much of a kind of review on that until Mark's back and we'll have a catch-up about our thoughts on it because I know Mark's been watching it too. But I have to say that The Mandalorian, it's just... It's a, a breath of fresh air within the Star Wars universe. It really is. It, it, a, a bit like Fallen Order. It's different enough that you're not sort of rolling your eyes like, oh, we've seen this like a million times before. You know, how many how many times in movies and animated shows have we seen 3PO and R2 turn up? And, you know, don't get me wrong, that's lovely and it's all great to look at. But uh, the thing that Fallen Order and The Mandalorian do so well is they make it familiar enough that it feels like Star Wars, but it's different enough that you're intrigued because you've never seen any of it before. And that's what I love about both of these things. And The Mandalorian especially, it just looks amazing as well. You can tell that Disney have thrown buckets of cash to make the production value as high as possible. And I'm really fascinated by the character. He's kind of bucking the trend of uh, of what's going on in terms of his character in general being a bounty hunter. And, you know, he kind of... I'm not going to throw any spoilers out there in case, especially for UK fans who might not have seen it yet. But, um, yeah, he kind of bucks the trend a little bit and goes off on his own kind of adventure. And, uh, and you've, uh, you know, this is not a spoiler because you've, it's been out there everywhere. And that is the Baby Yoda um, uh, character. Obviously, it's not Baby Yoda, but Yoda is the only point of reference we have for that species. I, I think that name's just been coined at the moment. But whatever name it has or whatever it's super cute and it works really well and speaking of cute the little droids you have in fallen order is amazing as well bd1 there's just something about droids in star wars that just have an amazing sense of character unlike you know a lot of other other franchises so yeah the baby yoda thing bringing the cuteness and uh yeah it just looks fantastic so yes anyone that has the 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 opportunity to legally watch the mandalorian in the uk uh, then give that a go. But yeah, I'm sure our US listeners and US friends are are loving it just as much. I can't wait for Disney Plus to launch in March in the UK so I can re-watch it all, which is going to be good. So I've been catching up on The Mandalorian. That's all good. I've also continued another notch on the saga rewatch in the run-up to The Rise of Skywalker. So yesterday I rewatched Attack of the Clones. And uh, yeah, the thing that I'm loving at the moment is watching the prequel films especially. Every, every time I watch them, because I've never been a prequel hater, that's for sure. I, I've never been one of these Star Wars fans that just um, just beats up on the prequels because everyone else, you know, used to beat up on them. But I've found that in in later years, especially the last three or four years anyway, that the prequels are actually getting a lot of love, actually, which is good to see. So, I've you know, I've never been a prequel hater, but on the same, you know, on, on the same, on the other hand, I've... I've always preferred the original trilogy i'm just an ot guy i suppose however re-watching these ones so when i watched the phantom menace two weeks ago that was a that, i think that's probably the, the 
the time that I've enjoyed it the most, actually. I've, I've watched it numerous, like so many times, but I just haven't watched it in a while. And it was really good. And I had the similar feeling with Attack of the Clones. For me, Attack of the Clones is the weakest of the prequels, potentially the saga so far. However, I really enjoyed it still. I really, most of all, Palpatine. You know, Mark and I have said many a time that Palpatine is such a great character and he really comes to his own uh, in the prequels and Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith especially. And uh, it's great to watch his manipulation and his, you know, his his end game and him looking at the bigger picture and moving events, you know. And it's really cool because it ties in when I, I recently read um, Darth Plagueis uh, last month or the month before. And that, as we get into the final chapters of that book, that ties into the prequel trilogy quite, quite a lot. So, um, yeah, so that, that was a good insight as well. And it's just, plus you've got um, Palpatine uh, coming back for the rise of Skywalker. It's just great to be having so much emphasis on that character right now. So yeah, Attack of the Clones was good. I really liked uh, watching through that again. And like I said, I think the prequels are getting a bit of love in their kind of old age. As uh, as time's moving on, people are watching them more and more. And it's they're definitely a focus for other things as well. Obviously, the Clone Wars TV show, which is coming back next year, I believe, or the year after. Um, so yeah, it's all good. So next up will be Revenge of the Sith. I'll get that watched next week, probably. And uh, I'll give you a very quick 10 second rundown on that as well. And I'm also halfway through Resistance Reborn. I know Mark dusted that off within a night or two nights, I think. Um, but I just haven't had the time to, uh, <laughs> to to dive into it as much. But I'm about halfway through and I echo Mark's thoughts on that. It's just a great, if you know, as a Star Wars fan, it just hits you constantly with loads of sort of scenarios and characters mainly that you're familiar with. And uh, it's not... Um, it's not the longest book in the world, uh, but it's, it's certainly very enjoyable and it certainly does a great job of providing a, a decent chunk of backstory or some exposition as we go into the Rise of Skywalker from especially Poe's point of view. And yeah, it's just, uh, and Leia as well. Uh, there's a, there's a, some nice moments with Leia, which is good. So I hope to have that done by the time we record next week. So Mark and I can give our kind of short review and thoughts on that. And that's what I've been up to essentially in the world of Star Wars. Let's crack into some news. There's a few bits just to chat through that's been happening in the last week or so. Um, the first one is as JJ Abrams and uh, Kathleen Kennedy have been sort of ramping up their, their kind of interview and uh, press um, uh, presence as we get closer to release for episode nine. And one of the things that, JJ spoke about uh, just over a week ago was the role that Princess Leia is going to have in the Rise of Skywalker. And Mark and I spoke briefly last last week that her actual on-screen time is going to be quite short, uh, which is understandable because um, we also spoke about the fact that they could have gone down the road of trying to do her character as a CG model in a similar way that they did Leia for Rogue One and so on. And that would have worked to a degree, but I think the the fact that it just would have done a bit of a disservice to Carrie Fisher, to be honest with you. So I think they've done, they've made the right decision and not not done that CGI, not gone down that road and just more kind of, um, so I think they're going to reuse a bunch of stuff that they had left over or cut from uh, The Force Awakens. So he goes on to say that um, 
uh, that there are scenes where she's interacting with other characters in a way that is uncanny. Uh, and he goes on to say, hopefully it works. It will be an invisible thing if you didn't know. You would never know. Uh, but we got to tell the story with Leia that we would have told had Carrie lived. Uh, and that's kind of incredible. So that's really good. So that brings a lot of confidence you know, to a lot of fans because... You know, Star Wars fans are very protective of certain things. And I think Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia is definitely one of those, uh, definitely one of those um, things that you just don't mess with unless you have to. So, yes, the Rogue One CG version of Leia, the young Leia, there was no way around that. You know, there was no way of, you know, of, uh, of getting that across effectively. You know, have to have some kind of, they could have, I mean, I suppose they, well, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. You know, that was that is what it is. And it might not be perfect, but it works to a degree. But I think for this particular film and the performance needed within the story, I think um, I, I think they, they've made definitely the right decision. So, yes, J.J. Abrams just cementing the fact that the footage that they have used and the way that they've weaved it into the scenes and the story for The Rise of Skywalker is going to be really well done. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, next up is um, a potential boo-boo was uh, was uh, averted um, that could have been a massive spot uh, spot <laughs> a massive plot um, leak or spoiler uh, based on an upcoming book. So the author Kevin Shinnick was the guy who wrote the just released Star Wars young adult novel Force Collector, uh, which is part of the so. For the past few years, um, since the the Force Awakens, the um, the story group have put together a bunch of comics and novels, and they have the badge at the top that says "Journey to Star Wars," and then insert film here. So this one has been no different. So there's been a bunch of novels and comics that essentially um, kind of dip in and out of the storyline, but just give you a little bit of backstory and some additional stuff to get your teeth into um, in the run up to that film. And one of those books was force collector and <laughs> what happened was coincidentally he had uh, he had written a whole section of the book and when the story group had a look at this they they basically said look we've got a problem uh, we didn't foresee this happening so this is shiniki goes on to say that the great thing about the story group is that their eyes are on everything he says they're on the television stuff, the books, comics, video games. He said, right before Christmas of last year, they called and said, we have a problem we didn't foresee happening. Uh, JJ has just handed in his script. And it seems you you just inadvertently wrote a big section of episode nine. So uh, he said that they wouldn't elaborate on the plot details. They wouldn't go into too much details. He essentially said there was a big section in his book, Force Collector, uh, that went to a specific planet and they said, yeah, that entire section has to come out. So he goes on to say that it shifted the story a little bit, but luckily did not change the overall arc of the story. So that's all good. So the book itself sounds very cool, actually. Um, it went on sale just over a week ago, I believe. And it's set uh, three years prior to The Force Awakens. So, um, yeah, so just before that time. And uh, the star of the book is a character called Kar Nuk Sin, and he struggles to deal with painful visions that he experiences when he comes into contact with anything associated with the Jedi Order, though he isn't completely sure that they ever existed. 
And yeah, so it sounds really intriguing. So it's a completely original tale. Uh, when he touches these objects, he gets visions. Uh, you get a chance to flash back to some of the greater or maybe lesser known Star Wars moments. So in some ways, it's a perfect book if you know nothing about Star Wars. And it's the perfect book if you know everything about Star Wars. So it sounds very cool. We'll probably add this to the list. I don't think I'll have time to read it before The Rise of Skywalker, but that's not the end of the world. can catch up afterwards. But yes, disaster averted. There could have been a huge uh, spoiler that landed in the book if they hadn't have... Uh, hadn't have changed it. So that's really cool. The story group, those guys, they must have their hands full at the minute. There's loads going on. So there we go. Uh, next up is those guys over at Hot Toys are banging out another amazing um, six scale figure. For those of you that don't know, the Hot Toys figures are these incredibly uh, accurate, screen accurate um, figures uh, that are normally, they do a bunch of different ranges, but the most popular ones are the sixth scale figures, which just look amazing. And they also do things like premium format and other bits, but the sixth scale ones are very, very popular. They're a little bit pricey. Uh, if you want to head over to, um, they're normally sold through um, Sideshow Collectibles. If you go to sideshowcollectibles.com, um, they do UK shipping and if, for those fans that are in the UK as well. And uh, yeah, so the those of you that have watched The Mandalorian, or even if you haven't, you this guy's um, been in the uh, in the news recently for collectors because they've just released a version of him for the the six inch black series line. So he's been just uh, just released over there as well. But the Hot Toy stuff, man, it's like so detailed, and the pose is amazing. That you you know the accessories are all there pretty much screen accurate. It's amazing. So we already have the Mandalorian that was released. Uh, I think that was released through Hot Toys a little while ago. I think as soon as the Mandalorian kicked off or just before we got that announcement and his figure looks amazing as well. But Hot Toys have just announced um, the heavy infantry model. So those of you that have not seen it, uh, the heavy infantry Mandalorian is... Um, uh, a colleague, should I say, I'm trying not to be spoilerific here, is a is an acquaintance or a colleague of the Mandalorian. And as the name suggests, he's a bigger, bulkier guy than the Mandalorian, much bigger weapon, uh, beefier armor. And um, yeah, just looks badass, looks really good. So if you're a collector, then it's definitely worth checking that out. You can go over to hottoys.com.hk and just do a look at the Star Wars stuff. You'll see them immediately there. Both the Mandalorian and the Heavy Infantry look really good. And as a bit of an icing on the cake, you can also get the IG-11 uh, bounty droid as well from the Mandalorian. That looks sweet. So if you've got some, some money to burn and you like collecting, this could be a cool way to start off your Hot Toys 6-inch collection. Sorry, 6-scale uh, collection. Looks very, very cool. So uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. So that looks really good. And lastly, for news, um, the the Rise of Skywalker will have buckets of amazing John Williams music that apparently uh, references um, all of the themes that you've ever heard throughout Star Wars, which is really cool. So uh, John Williams' brother... Um, his name is Don, uh, was speaking at uh, a study at the Academy of Scoring Arts recently where they were actually talking about and digging into 
John Williams score for Jurassic Park. Anyway, they must have got onto the subject of Star Wars, as you would expect. And uh, yeah, they he's basically said that the, the runtime for the amount of music that's been composed so far for The Rise of Skywalker is 135 minutes worth. So from that, that gives you an indication of, of how long the film actually is, because obviously there's not, there isn't music playing in every scene all the time. But the fact that there's that much music for all the other scenes where there is music, uh, you know, gives you an indication of this is going to be a long, a long Star Wars film. And uh, he said that they've done four days worth of, of stuff so far. And they've got around 35 minutes at this point. And then he goes on to say that he can tell you that he said, but I can tell you that every theme you've ever heard is being uh, is going to be compiled into this last effort which is amazing. So he also goes on to mentions that there are, we're going to hear uh, Leia's theme, uh, Yoda's theme, the Phantom theme, the Darth Vader theme. Um, It's going to reference Duel of the Fates from the Phantom Menace, the Imperial March, obviously. And uh, he's saying that you'll be sitting there watching a film go by and, oh, there it is. There's two bars of it and it grabs you and takes you away and, and all that stuff. So this is shaping up to be absolutely amazing. One of the best things about Star Wars in general is, and I got every time we talk, every time we talk about either John Williams or Ralph McQuarrie, I just gush. And it's, yeah, I actually get a bit of mosh talking about John Williams score because it's such a massive part of, of my life and everyone else's, you know, every other Star Wars fans life, I assume. Uh, Cause I listen to Star Wars pretty much every single day. There isn't a day goes by when, cause when I'm working, I work as a, as a, as a web designer and developer. So I have music on um, every day, pretty much. And on my playlist on Spotify, I like to listen to movie soundtracks as I'm working. And yeah, this is no over-exaggeration. I think I must have listened to Star Wars music every day for the past 10 years. That's no over-exaggeration. So John Williams and his music has just been a massive part of my life. So the fact that there's going to be so much music in this last film and it's going to reference all of his other classic themes from all the other Star Wars films is, excuse the pun, it's music to my ears. I cannot wait for that. And they normally put the soundtracks out pretty quick as well. So cannot wait for the rise of Skywalker. I really can't, really getting on the hype train for it now. Loads of things are culminating into the release and uh, with Fallen Order and The Mandalorian keeping us nicely uh, chugging away on the train is, is very, very cool. And I can't wait for my triple bill as well. I mentioned last week, the week before that I couldn't get a midnight showing for the, the single release of the rise of Skywalker. So I've had to, uh, I know I've had to start to twist my arm <laughs> uh, to go and see the triple bill. So that's going to be an amazing night. So yeah, it goes, can't wait for, for all of this stuff to culminate into, uh, into episode nine. It's going to be awesome. And I think I will leave you guys there with episode 34. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 34. Um, Like I said, uh, Mr. Mark Asquith is away at the moment on a well-deserved break. Hopefully he'll be back and we'll both be available to 
get cracking with episode 35 next week where we'll give you the latest news about what's going on in Star Wars and we will definitely get on to some news and discussion and our random spotlight which we've had to push forward uh, a few times Uh, in the meantime uh, head over to whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on and do a search for Spark of Rebellion give us a subscribe over there so that you don't miss a show when they land in your earboxes every single Saturday. We're also on the socials, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just do a search for Spark of Rebellion. You'll find us on there. We chat Star Wars, so get involved over there. And if you like what we do here on SOR and you want to support the show, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion. You can support us from a dollar upwards and we don't spend that on collectibles or stupid um, memorabilia or caps or anything like that we put that all back into the show to make sure that we give you quality content and it sounds as good as it can every single week so yeah if you like what we do here patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion i will see you next week with mr mark for episode 35 until then take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always always